The Your Safe Space podcast is recorded on Gadigal land. This podcast acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome back to Your Safe Space. I'm your host, Adele Marie, and today on the show, I'm joined by registered psychologist, board-approved supervisor, published author, and host of the What's Eating You podcast, Steph Giorgio. Steph, who is also known as Mind Food Steph on socials, shares her knowledge and expertise on eating disorders, binge eating, and ADHD. Today on the show, though, we are talking about burnout. As we head into this time of year, the fatigue and stress are so real and Steph will help us navigate it ahead of the silly season. I loved having this chat with her and I hope you guys love it too. Let's get into the show. Hi, Steph. Welcome to your safe space. Hello, Adele and your amazing audience. Thank you so much for having me. I am honored to be on today's podcast episode. I am so excited. I feel like we have been talking about this forever and now it's finally here. I'm so happy and so grateful. So thank you for sharing your time with us. Thank you. I think it could be cute to tell the listeners how we cross paths because we have known each other for a little while and I think our story is cute. Do you want to give them a little rundown? Absolutely. So you came up on my For You page on TikTok as I'm sure you've come up on many people's And I thought, I should be friends with that girl. I just see us being friends. I see us hanging out. At the time I was living in Melbourne and you were in Melbourne. So I reached out and we connected and met up and haven't looked back since. I really think I manifested this friendship. I'm glad you did. And the feeling is mutual. I've been obsessed with you from day one and it's just so nice that we've grown this friendship and I'm so grateful for TikTok, literally changing lives, bringing friends, like good quality friends into my world. It means, yeah, so much. Now, Steph, We do start our Sunday episodes with a segment called What's Taking Up Space. This is to help encourage our listeners just to check in, assess what's taking up space in their own life. It doesn't have to be a bad thing, can be a good thing, can be like emotional, physical, really something that is just there. If you're comfortable to share, do you mind sharing with us what's taking up space for you right now? Absolutely. So I've been in Bali for an extended period of time. I've been here for a month and I'm staying around for another month. And I guess what's taking up space, not necessarily in a bad way, but just realizing what I want to do with my life, where I want to live, how I want to travel. And I feel I'm living my twenties right now. I'm meeting new friends. I'm, you know, sharing a villa with a girl that I've met in Bali. And I do have a partner who has a dog back home and I've got my family back in Melbourne and I'm from a big Greek family. So moving away and being away from them, I guess, is not the norm. So I guess at the moment, it's about balancing my goals and my dreams with my family values and with life, which I think everyone sort of happens to do this at some point in their life. So I'm trying to figure it all out. I know. I know. It's definitely, I can relate with the Greek family because I'm half Greek, half Italian, and it's hard when you are away from them. So I think you're doing a good job balancing it from what we can see and from what we get to view on social media, but I can imagine it would be tough. How is Bali? Oh, it's just such a magical place where things come up. You're able to move through whatever's going on for you. Many people come here to heal or to connect with themselves. And it's just a really beautiful place. I I really feel grateful to be here. I've been living vicariously through your stories and I'm loving all your content. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. 
All right, now let's get into the show. As I said at the start, you usually cover a whole heap of different content across your channels, but I thought this episode would be really helpful and valuable to my community because I've noticed probably since the start of November that I've had an influx of questions around burnout, around feeling fatigue, stressed, and having that feeling increase at this time of year right before the silly season. So I wanted to do this episode around that. And I think it could be nice to basically unpack what burnout is and how it differs from general stress. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's such a great episode because even when I was going through this and preparing for this episode, I was like, oh, so what I had in 2020 was actually burnout. And this is what happens. We usually don't realize we are burnt out until it is too late. So I'm really glad that you're doing this episode so people can start to be aware of what it is, what their early warning signs are, and then giving some strategies to help them. So the definition essentially of burnout is a state of physical, emotional, and mental exhaustion caused by prolonged exposure to high levels of stress. The term actually first came out in the 1970s by Herbert Frudenberger, and it was intended for the workplace or for first-line workers, but it's now expanded to include everyone. And essentially, burnout has three components. There is depersonalization, and what this means is separating emotionally from your work instead of feeling as though you're investing in something meaningful. It's kind of like you're present, but your mind has left the building. The second thing is emotional exhaustion. So feeling it's more than tiredness. It's that mental fatigue. It's that I'm tired from doing things that normally energize me and make me feel good. And then the third part is a decreased sense of accomplishment. So this is when you keep working harder and harder, but you feel like it's not really making a difference. You're not getting that same energy or that same vibe or feeling from the things that you are doing. Wow. Those three components, I feel like I've never really looked into it myself, but typically what I note it as is just that like fatigue, tiredness, but those other two points, so fascinating. Men are more likely to have the sort of depersonalization, so disconnecting emotionally, whereas women are more likely to have that emotional exhaustion. So it can show up differently for different people. Yeah. And what causes it around this time of year? Because I feel like coming to the end of the year, it's more common. And I want to know why we feel it so much worse around this point. Yeah, it definitely is that time of year where people can experience it a lot more. And the factors leading to it at this time of year, they're not just professional ones. There's parenting, there's, you know, social burnout, basically anything you need to care and invest into ongoing demands. And the other thing is setting ourselves up with expectations, right? So end of year burnout can bring about increased workloads because people are trying to complete as many tasks before they get time off. How many of us, even you, when you were going to Bali, I've just got this last thing to do. I'm going to stay back at the office. It'll all be okay uh, before I go on holiday. And this pressure to meet your end of year goals and social commitments as well, financial strain can definitely compound your stress. Not only that, but it's also your cognitions and your thoughts. So many people are anticipating the new year. They're reflecting on their 
their year, their failures, their accomplishments, and this also adds to the pressure. There are also certain personality characteristics which can make you more vulnerable to developing burnout. That's so interesting. Yeah. So, for example, if you're someone who holds yourself to unrelenting high standards, Adele. That's me. (laughs) If you're self-critical or you've got a strong sense of duty and responsibility, if you're very hard on yourself, you're definitely more vulnerable to experiencing that burnout. Wow. I'm feeling called out, Steph. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, it's. I'm glad you touched on that because, again, with the feedback I get from my community, I notice there's just like this trend amongst them where people are almost reckoning or coming to terms with the fact that they may be not where they want to be at this point. And that anticipation into a new year can, yeah, definitely compound and just be quite overwhelming for some people. And I definitely feel it. And I definitely can put my hand up for having those personality characteristics as well. Yes. And just to add something into the mix, according to a global study, 29% of workers experience burnout during the holiday season with 62% saying they're more stressed out at this time. So it really is a global phenomenon that we all experience. So if you're gaslighting yourself or saying, I shouldn't be stressed, I just need to push on, that's probably a sign you're burnt out. Yeah, absolutely. And so that really leads me into how does someone know if they're burnt out? Because you touched on it at the start. A lot of people won't realize until they are burnt out, but are there warning signs that we can keep an eye out for and maybe catch it earlier? Yeah, absolutely. There's actually four stages, they believe, of burnout. So I'll go through what those stages are. So the first one is actually a honeymoon phase, which can be confusing because you might have started a new job and you feel this adrenaline and this energy or you've got this new project you're working on. And we convince ourselves that if we do the same thing over and over, we're going to get the same result. Like, yeah, I can you know, smash out this job and I'm going to stay up late and I'm going to show my boss that I'm doing really well. And same with, maybe you're in a relationship. So you're compromising on your sleep. You're like, oh, I've met this new person. I don't need sleep. This is so amazing. So there's almost this honeymoon phase, but you're actually slowly going downhill without realizing. That then leads into the second stage, which is the onset of stress. Now, this is when you start to feel your optimism declining. So your cognitive capacity might also decline. You notice you're starting to feel a bit more fatigued. You're starting to have some forgetfulness. Your productivity starts to drop and you may notice some procrastination, but we don't, we don't take it seriously yet. We just say, oh, you know what? I just need to push through. I'll just allow myself a little sleep in. We give ourselves excuses to not take this seriously, which leads to the third stage. So the third stage is when the stress becomes chronic and this is where you feel unmotivated. You don't feel as enthusiastic. You feel exhausted and it's more than just feeling tired. Everyone has those days where they feel a little bit tired, but this is, I don't have the energy that I need and I want to have. You might feel pressured. Your immunity may suffer. People get increased illnesses when they're run down. You know those people you meet and they're always sick. There's always something wrong. They've always got a cold. You feel the negative effects in this stage as well. Yeah. Can I ask a quick question? Is this why people get a little bit sick when they tend to go on holidays? Have you noticed people will go on holidays and then start to get sick? Is it because they finally slow down a little bit or is it just like the burnout catching up with them possibly? Yeah, I think there's definitely a delayed emotional and physical onset. Our bodies are so incredible and they can really 
push through stressful times and they'll keep pumping out that adrenaline, that cortisol. And we're pumping our bodies with that as well, with caffeine, with sugar, with food, because we're always reaching for those things that are going to give us energy. And then I think once you go on a holiday and you start to relax, your body's like, right, I can just let go now and fully just rest. And we actually give ourselves permission to rest. Burnout is knowing you're tired, but you keep pushing yourself, which leads to the last stage, which is the burnout itself. And this is where you start to experience self-doubt. You start to question, maybe I'm not passionate about this job anymore. Maybe I should just quit my job. Maybe I'm depressed. Is it sadness? Is it emptiness? You get physiological symptoms as well. So burnout has physical symptoms that people can often confuse, such as stomach aches, gut issues, having headaches, all of that as well. Wow. I feel like I feel like I can just slot myself into some of <laughs> of these. <laughs> uh, and that leads me into asking, have you felt burnout happening in your life or a time in your life where you can relate to some of this stuff? Because hearing you say this, I'm like, oh my God, this is me. Yes. Yes. This makes so much sense. So absolutely. If I just go through the four things and then I'll explain my situation. So the first thing is persistent fatigue. You feel tired at the things you used to find easy. So for me, Back in when the p- pandemic started, as you know, psychologists were in huge demand. I was doing 41 hours of Zoom a week. I was working with the Department of Education. I was working with nurses all over Australia. I was working with all those frontline workers and these were group sessions. So as you can imagine, there's the individuals, there's the group dynamics, there's frustration with the workplace. And I was running these groups, like nine groups a day. But in my head and in many people's head, During the pandemic, if you had a job, it's almost like you had to be grateful and you should work and you should hustle because some people don't have any jobs. And I really took that on board and I'm like, I'm here. I need help people. I can do this. I was having six espressos a day and feeling tired. Oh my God. Six. Steph. Six. And I I love coffee, but this was extreme. I was having so much caffeine, but I was feeling tired at the things I would find easy. Replying to an email felt like I was trying to climb a mountain. So one sign is fatigue and it's feeling tired at the things you used to find easy, but it's a consistent pattern. It's not just, oh, I'm tired today. It's why am I struggling to do this consistently? And when I used to find it so easy, and that's when we can gaslight ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. I can definitely relate to that as well because I think – There was a time in my life right before I started doing this career full-time where I was working a nine-to-five full-time job and I was trying to do both. And what I had noticed was I was really struggling to do either job just because I was so exhausted and so fatigued. Did you feel a decrease in motivation? Because that's the second thing. Yeah. I was like, I loved this job. I think it also coincided with me knowing that I had to pull the trigger on one of them because I couldn't keep going. And then I was doubting my decision, doubting if what I wanted to do. I was. It was a very confusing time of my life as well because I just wasn't getting enjoyment from things that even the gym, something that I love so deeply, like it was a challenge to get my sessions done. I would still go, but I'd be like, fuck, I don't even want to be here. Like this sucks. When usually I'm like, oh, I love it. I feel so much better. Like I can't wait to get my sessions in. So I felt that too. Yeah. And you muscle on. And the third thing 
in line with my experience of burnout was I just felt so irritable all the time. So I was living at home at the time. So I'm Greek. We live at home till you get married. You know, I was <laughs> in my 30s and I felt so bad because my my mum or my dad would just talk to me like, I, I don't have time for this conversation. I've got to work. I think it's a working from home thing. Your parents just think you're available to chat all day, but you're not. Yes. And when the day would end, I would feel I had no time for anyone. It was like my cup was empty and little things would set me off. You have that irritability. You feel like you're on edge and all of a sudden the person next to you, their breathing is bothering you. So it's irritability at the small things. Yeah. Wow. And is it a normal thing that happens to most of us, right? Because I'm betting people are listening to this and being like, this is me or this has been me. And it's either been something that occurred in their work or their career or their life, or is this a sign of bigger problems? Like, is it more, are you prone to it if you're, you are in a toxic work environment or maybe you're someone who struggles with boundaries? Like, what is that line? Yeah. Look, I just want to emphasize that burnout, it's not a psychological condition or a mental health diagnosis. It is a condition, but it can lead to other mental health issues or other mental health issues can uh, escalate it. But essentially, it is something that happens to most people because, as mentioned, it goes on. But there are vulnerability factors. So there's two. I want to break down stressors and stress. So stress is the physiological reaction in your body. So feeling a rapid heart rate, struggling to sleep, feeling nauseous, kind of like anxiety. It's that flight or fight system. That's stress. Then we have stressors. Now, stressors is what essentially is making us stressed? Is it a toxic work environment? Is it our partner? Is it our family? So yes, if people have more situations that contribute to their stress, such as stressful work, stressful relationship, yes, you are more vulnerable to it. But things such as your coping mechanisms, your system of self-care, all of that can influence it as well and how you manage it. I really like how you broke down the difference between the stress and the stressor, because I've never looked at it like that. It's so fascinating. When we go into the strategies to manage it, you'll understand why I broke it down. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into that because I feel like many people are going to be thinking now what I can relate and we're six weeks away, almost six weeks away from, you know, Christmas, New Year's, that really busy period. What can someone do if they are dealing with some of these symptoms How do they make it to the end of 2023? Yeah. So the first thing you want to do is just become aware of what your early signs of burnout is. And I'm going to have a free gift for all your um, audience. If they want to download it, it'll be a burnout blueprint. So it's about figuring out your blueprint because what we measure, we can manage. And if you're not aware of what your burnout looks like, then it's going to be hard to manage it. So first thing is become aware. I want to emphasize sleep. One in three people do not get enough sleep and poor sleeping habits lead to burnout, lead you to feeling tired, but good sleep requires discipline. And I know you and I need this advice. I'm pretty good, but I do have my nights where I'm scrolling on TikTok. (laughs) Don't, Don't we all, honestly, I swear that up. But yeah, I feel like sleep is underestimated and people don't prioritize it enough. It's the first thing we let go of. We're willing to have a late night. It's all right. I'll just go to sleep. We're willing to really add discipline. We're disciplined with our food. Maybe we're disciplined with the gym. Who here is disciplined with their sleep? It can get to a point where I'm out and I'll say, 
friends, I've got to go. Like my rule is I need to be asleep by 11. I've become so strict with my sleep because sleep ruins everything. If you don't have good quality sleep and enough sleep, seven to nine hours, it affects your mood. It affects you're more anxious. It affects your concentration, your cognitive function. They've done studies where they found people who are sleep deprived are almost as cognitively affected as someone who is under the influence of alcohol. Wow. I believe that because as someone who I think on average gets like six hours a night, there are some nights I get less. Come the end of the week, I'm not a good person to be around. (laughs) 100%. And the other thing I want to emphasize is I understand people want to watch a show before bed. They want to binge a series. But when the TV shows you are watching are designed to keep you hooked, they are pumping cortisol and adrenaline in your body. You're like, is she going to break up with the guy? Are they going to make it? What's going to happen? Even if you're physically tired, your mind is wired. And this is a heavy cognitive load you don't need before bed. Bedtime Nighttime is for relaxation, not activation. And these shows are activating your nervous system. Yeah, even the TikTok for you page would be activating because I can scroll and I might see a really cute video that makes me feel happy. And then I scroll again and it's a photo of something sad with a pet and then I'm crying. And then I scroll again and it's something that is a little bit funny and then I'm laughing. And then I scroll again and it's something really emotional about being single in your 30s or something. So you're on this roller coaster and it's activating you in the TikTok for you feed as well. 100%. And do an experiment. Don't watch TikTok before bed and see how you feel the next day. Scrolling on TikTok at night is going to make you tired the next day. And that's why at three o'clock you're reaching for that coffee or that sugar hit or whatever it is. Wow. I will try this experiment and yeah, I'll let you know how I go. Let me know. But something you can do before bed is associate your bed just with sleep. There's people who do their meetings on their bed. They do their laptop work and your brain is confused. We want to associate your bed with sleep and doing some breathing. So inhaling for four counts, exhaling for eight counts. This is a great four, eight method that helps you because when you exhale longer, it actually slows your mind. Okay. I love that. I'll also be doing that. Oh, there's so much, but that's the, that's one thing. The second thing people can do is they can focus on the pillars. So I call the pillars basically what you need for a good well-being, and it's your sleep. Then it's your eating, making sure you're eating regularly, making sure you're having both whole foods and soul foods. If you struggle with your relationship with food, definitely address this because that can take a big mental load, especially on the holiday season. People feel guilty eating out or guilty drinking or binge eating and that can also lead to that. So I think just being mindful of your what you're eating and how you're eating and making sure you're, you're having enough food. Yeah, absolutely. And w- what would you say would be your key longer-term habits that someone can aim to start next year so that then, that then they can avoid having burnout this time next year? Yes, I love this question. So I think the first thing is, number one, stop judging yourself. If you were tired, Listen, listen to your body because self-care is great, but you can't self-care after a lifestyle that supports burnout. So you have to really take a step back and say, what is causing me to feel stressed? Is it my relationship? Is it my workplace? Is there anything practically 
I can change in my life next year that's going to make me feel better. If I woke up tomorrow and I wasn't feeling as stressed or exhausted, what would be different in my life? So I encourage everyone who's listening to this, grab a pen and paper and reflect on these questions. At the end of the day, Adele, I really think you've got to develop a burnout prevention system. Yeah. Because your systems determine your success. We've all got an exercise routine. We've all got a work routine or a work system. But your self-care system is so important. So self-care isn't getting a massage when you're really tired or being burnt out. It's the system you have on a day-to-day basis. And that could be having a cup of coffee before your kids wake up and having that moment of peace. It is taking your lunch break at work, not in front of your computer. Yes. Because these things accumulate. So think of your mental health and well-being and your energy as a, a jar, a jar of water. And as you go through the day, you're tipping into that jar. So emails, your jar fills. Having that conversation with the coworker, your jar fills. Responding to your kids, your jar fills. By the end of it, if your jar is overflowing, that's when you're walking into the laundry and thinking, why am I here? I don't remember. You forget things. You get brain fog. Yeah, you just, you're not very present. So what we want to do is essentially alleviate that jar or create space in that jar. And the way you do that is with the little micro decisions on a day-to-day basis. So people may be struggling and they, oh, what's a walk going to do? Or what's drinking more water going to do? Or what's more sleep going to do? Imagine your jar is clear. And every time you do those things, you're dripping a blue ink into the jar. I went for a walk, blue ink. I journaled, blue ink. I quit my job or reduced my hours, blue ink eventually all those little things are going to accumulate and the jar is going to change color and that's your environment and your well-being. Yeah, I love that example. I definitely could be putting more blue drops <laughs> into my jar. <laughs> yes, and you're, you're good at it. I mean, you're pretty consistent. You've got a really good routine from what I can see. I do love a routine. I do love a good routine. Routine is, is super important, but I think it's important to ask for help and debrief. The research has found that connections really help us. And if you're listening to this and you're struggling, reach out to your family, reach out to your friends. Your community is incredible. I've seen people helping each other out in your in your Facebook page and community really can help you not be vulnerable to burnout and don't be afraid to ask for help. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess on that as well, if someone is struggling with this again like professional help too don't be afraid to lean on that as well yeah you need to debrief you've got to talk it out and journaling and writing things down it helps you get clear on what's going on it helps you realize oh it's my job that's really making me feel this way and I know people might listen think well I just can't quit my job or I can't do that or I don't want to reduce my exercise routine that's okay but then you need systems in place to support that absolutely and To end, I think we should wrap with social burnout because the silly season gets me. I already am anticipating three or four Christmas party invites coming and there's obviously events, lots of drinking, lots of eating, lots of socialising. Do you have any tips to help us navigate that during this time? Yes. I think if you're planning, again, if you're going to go to a lot of things, it's about having those systems in place to support that. So even if you're going out, 
make sure you're getting enough sleep. And if you're not, try to do something to help with that. It's, we've all got these different things that help our mental health and our well-being, such as exercise, eating well, debriefing, and sleep. When one of those gets knocked out the window, we can support it with another one. So for example, if you're not getting enough sleep, making sure you're eating well. So yeah, getting up, eating your breakfast, not skipping meals, that type of thing. I think what's really important is don't be afraid to say no. Many people are people pleasers and struggle to set boundaries, but don't be afraid to say no. If there's something you don't want to do, don't don't do it. What's the worst that's going to happen? Or leave early. Yeah. Or don't drink alcohol if you don't feel like it. I think people feel so much pressure to act and behave in a certain way, but when you really know who you are and you stick to those values, it's not hard to say no. People will respect you for it. Yeah, absolutely. Set boundaries. Be selective about social commitments. You don't have to go to everything. You don't need to be everywhere. And if you are feeling stressed, know that you're not alone. So does 74% of the population when it comes to to gatherings. So I think navigate it as best you can. Make yeah. sure you debrief and just ask yourself in those times of stress, what do I need right now? How can I meet my needs in an effective way? Thank you so much, Steph. I have loved having this chat with you. Thank you. Me too. I think definitely it's something we all need to be more mindful of and address because if we don't, it will just keep going on and get worse and worse and worse. Yeah. You're amazing. I'm going to listen to this episode on repeat and your burnout blueprint. Thank you. You're welcome. Put the link below or they can grab it off my my social page, but this will be a nice little guide where you can learn more about your nervous system, about your signs of burnout and how to start to manage it effectively so you feel good and energized. Yeah, amazing. Thank you so much. All right, Steph, now to end our show, we do a PS, like a little sign-off, a little postscript, which is a recommendation. So do you have a recommendation for our listeners, something that you're loving at the moment? It could be something you're reading, something you're eating, something you're enjoying, literally anything. I think my recommendation is have something booked in that you are looking forward to, whether it's a mini holiday, whether it's a little getaway, whether it's spending time with a friend. I think it's so important to have something to look forward to because if you don't, we kind of go through the same grind and your brain craves that novelty seeking and fun and creativity. So yeah, if you're feeling like you need something to jazz up your life a bit, go and do it. Organize something fun. I love that. I almost feel like the anticipation of the fun thing is sometimes just as good as the fun thing because you're like, oh, I can't wait to see this person or relax or do whatever it is. So I love that heaps. And for me, it's planning 2024. It's planning Oh, what do I want 2024 to look like? What do I want, want the theme of my year to be? What do I, where do I want to go? Who do I want to see? What am I saying no to? So I think looking into that can be a really fun experience. Yeah, that's super inspiring. Thank you so much. Where can our listeners find you? Give us all your channels, your plugs, go for it. Thank you so much. So you can find me on social media under Mind Food Steph where I share lots of tips of mental health, relationship with food. If you've got a question, feel free to reach out. But a massive thank you to everyone and Adele's community. You're all very amazing and we both really appreciate you listening to today's episode.
We do. Thank you guys so much. We will see you next time. If you enjoyed this, please post it to your Instagram story while you're listening. Give us five stars on Spotify and tell someone that you like the episode. Share it. Word of mouth goes a long, long way. It really does. All right. We'll see you next time. Thank you, Steph. Bye. Bye. This podcast was recorded on Gadigal land, hosted by me, Adele Marie. Your Safe Space is a part of the Amplify Podcast Network. 